0: Marty, welcome to Live Your Life with uh, Purpose podcast. I'm certainly excited to to connect and really kind of talk about some old school days as we went to high school together and uh, really talk about, um, you know, you following a passion that you have for comedy and really what that journey has been like. So really excited to connect
1: yeah man uh thanks for having me on i appreciate it uh yeah, absolutely long long time no no see no talk so yeah great. i
0: mean it's uh it's crazy we spent four years 89 to 92 not to yep. date us but i was you just know, gonna they, say, I was gonna say we don't want to tell is. people <laughs> it is it is what it is you can't help it yeah 47 yeah 47 just ticked so it's you know it, it happens
1: uh, see, I'm I'm young. I went in as a baby, so I'm I'm still I'm I'm not 47 yet, so I still have that feather in my there cap for uh, for seven more months. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah man, uh, you know, uh, you're as old as you feel, which uh, after this year, I'm I'm clocking in somewhere around 90, 95, 96, I think.
0: Uh, you know a lot of people it's been a tough you know all of it but I mean especially with with comedy and being out in front of people I mean this has had obviously had a huge impact on what you do and all of that right well yeah
1: man and and I mean to how I followed the passion is not the way I'm like if anyone is listening to this and they're trying to figure out like hey what's my journey what's my passion how I'm going to do it Um, I mean you were in enough classes with me uh, you know I was I was kind of a Little bit of a class clown and kind of a wise ass, and kind of, uh, you know, I i, I, I tried to get some laughs because, uh, it was <laughs> better than doing work, um,
0: right?
1: As, as I always said, the uh, I, I, you know, I used to go to, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but I used to be in Sister Julie's office so often that, um, I used because I lived in Chickabee, which is farther from Cathedral where we went to high school, so yeah. I used to, uh, I used to, my mother would have to pick me up from Mass Mutual a lot of the times. And mm. I would just say, she just knew to pick me up. We used to get out at 152, if you remember that. But if you had mm-hmm. detention, you got out like 227 or something like that. And yeah. uh, my mother just knew to come at 230 to pick me up because <laughs> I would have detention. And the secret was, if I didn't have a detention that day, I knew I still, like, and I wanted to do work or whatever. I knew, I knew. You started the just, time. Uh, I had a free pass to get a detention, so <laughs> I would sit around in class and I would be like, "Where's my shot, man? Where's where am I gonna get the good laugh?" You know. And, that uh, was
0: my that was my seventh grade. I uh, I had I had yep. quite a bit of detention in seventh grade. It was uh, that was a bad year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sister Julie candidly told me that uh, she believed I had the record. She wasn't sure because the history of school, but she believed <laughs> I had the record. My mother was number back then. They had the old phones with the. She had a big white phone with the yeah. the buttons, and there would be like I think there was like ten or twenty things. My mom was number seven, so she would hit seven, and it would go directly to my mother. And, so one of uh, the
0: one of the best things was that. So my sister went to went to cathedral before I did, and she worked in and and she was a like very proper with everything that she yeah. did and so you know she was always in school on time and did all of that different stuff and I remember uh, I used to pick up Steve Da Silva and we'd drive yeah. in together and uh, uh, you know there was a time where we were just like we didn't feel like going to school we went to play pitch and putt and you know we called in and said we had a flat tire and that uh, then the you know then the spare was flat so we're waiting for AAA, and uh you know and i feel horror about about all of this stuff but i mean we spent the morning playing pitch and pot <laughs> you know instead of, instead of going to school and all of that other fun stuff But Every, I mean, it's,
1: everyone at cathedral used to so i you know full disclosure i didn't hang out like with most of the kids in our class because i was from Chickaby, so i hung out with all my yeah. friends at chicabee high yeah. but um but everyone at cathedral, the two things I remember is everyone would skip and they would go to friendlies for breakfast over on <laughs> Sumner Ave, and the other thing is like once a year they would do a keg party in the woods at Nathan Bill, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And every everyone would, Nathan Bill was a park, right? That's mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, in case anyone was listening, but they would do a keg party in the woods, and I remember distinctly, like everyone would come in, and they'd be like, oh yeah, like we had the party. And I used to laugh because like chickpea was full of raging alcoholics like i started drinking when i was 10 you know i could split a bottle i could split literally a liter of vodka with my friend when we were 11 years old you know like that's the way things mm-hmm. were in Chick-a-bee. Yeah. and i was like there's no way that all you are getting that drunk off of one keg because i be like I'm the keg, so one keg <laughs> i like, there's no no one's getting that drunk on one keg like like i used to yeah, kick a sweet. keg with 20 of my friends in the cemetery mm-hmm. we, we we kill a keg and then we like should we get another one let's get a quarterback you know? <laughs> so i always laughed at that but um but yeah man i uh no that's that's funny and steve DeSilva silva is a funny and uh you know it would be a good guest for you too would be uh joe giza do you remember joe
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah because he's he's he does a lot with uh all like the media yeah. sports media or something in yeah
0: he's he does some great stuff out there
1: yeah so so me uh giza Bob White, um, there was a group of us. We all were on freshman soccer. That, mm-hmm. That's uh, when I think of Steve. I used to always uh, bust because he's Portuguese, and I used to always tell him that uh, he was good at soccer because his parents probably fed him fish eyes and goat balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Portuguese food was always weird to me back then. Now I love it, but uh, it was always weird <laughs> to me back then. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, so I, you know, how I got into comedy was crazy, man. So I, I liked making people laugh. I always liked, you know, doing that. I, I. I uh, I, ironically, even though I didn't go to Chicago High, I got nominated in, for their superlatives for Glass Clown.
0: <laughs> <No>,
1: I swear <laughs> to God, I, I got nominated for three things there and I didn't go there.
0: And you didn't go there. No, it was uh, wild.
1: Yeah, it was really funny. I got my buddy and I got nominated for best friends and like one other. Th- it was like two other things. and class <laughs> was one of them. Um, But uh, I, you know, and then when I was in college, that's, you know, that was the thing. Obviously, I was like the, 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 the school clown and I used to book the comedians at my college. I was around comedy my whole life. I loved it. It was a, it was a pipe dream for me. You know, I used to, I used yeah. to friggin' daydream about it. And, um,
0: so it was something that you've always kind of saw yourself doing or not. I, I,
1: so when I was a kid, my father and I, uh, I, you know, I, I, we had a bedtime even when I was, you know, in grammar school and high school yeah. and everything, you know, and, um, my father was very strict about, um, you know, staying up late and watching TV but on Friday nights, he would watch um, Carson, you know, mm-hmm. and then it would be Leno. But I watched the comedians on Carson. And I used to be like, I wanted, you know, that I wanted my dad was like, well, you know, don't get any ideas, you know, like you clown, you know, it was mm-hmm. like the old generation, like you're gonna get a job in yeah. a factory, and you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went off to college, and um, I ended up booking the comedians for my college. So I booked like, guys like jeff ross before he was jeff ross He used to be jeff oh, wow. and stuff yeah and um some some of them would come in and they'd be like hey man i, w- I would have dinner with him before the, they would perform and uh they would be like hey man can you give me a favor just go out on stage there and just like warm them up a little bit just like i go i don't know what do you want to just talk to him get him to laugh a few times or whatever." so i would go out and i would do that or whatever and i loved it you know i thought it was cool but i didn't even realize what i was doing yeah. and then i had another near brush with it I was probably around 26, maybe, 26, 27, something like that. And uh, my buddy had a bachelor party. And, yeah, obviously his future wife was like, you can have entertainment, but it better not be a stripper. And Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, I'm hiring a comedian. So he hired this comedian out of Boston, very funny guy out of Boston, uh, this kid Tony. Um, He hired Tony and uh, 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 Tony came in and um, they were like, why don't you – do a set before Tony
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: like well I don't know what a set is but if you want me to go up and make people laugh they're like yeah they just go up and do like make people laugh for like 10 minutes and I went up and that was the first time I knew and 10 I,
0: minutes is a lot to to oh, to go up and especially with not having really any material or anything kind of like planned that's a that's a long right. time to
1: and, and it doesn't really count as the first time I did comedy if I'm really being honest because the bachelor party was all guys I knew you know, it was at a, the American Legion Hall in yeah. freaking yeah. Chickabee on the Springfield line. And um, I went up, and I, I was making everyone laugh. And, and and I felt like, I was like, wow. And it was, I, my adrenaline was going so much that when it came time to um, welcome the comedian to stage, I forgot his name. <laughs> so I was like, this, this your guy, he's been on Comedy Central. He's really f- funny, uh, chony. And, and then I was like, I, I don't I, I just completely spaced right well yeah but you
0: were in your you were in kind of like your zone right yeah i didn't even remember his first name
1: i didn't i didn't i remember nothing and and then they came up and i apologized to him after he was laughing he's like ah you got the rush on i was like yeah i did and that Mm -hmm. was it man and then and then and then uh, like an idiot i still didn't listen to the call i had i had it it was so larger than if you had asked me how do you get into comedy i would have said unless you go to new york city you can't get it the comedy. I didn't even know it was accessible to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. fast forward to like, I'm like maybe 32, 33 years old. Um, I had real rough, t- I was going to the gym a lot. I was going to health tracks in West Springfield, working mm-hmm. out. I, 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 long story short, we had a baby and, and, uh, it was a, r- a rough birth. And, and so I was like, Mr. Mom. And I was, you know, it was just like, I needed to burn off energy. So I was going to the gym and health tracks and, I had heard a few times about this guy who was a local guy who was a comedian, but he had a stage name so I didn't know his name mm. and um, I knew he went to that gym and I knew he had a condo in my friend's complex so when I sold her condo the the guy who the builder told my realtor we were we were doing the nozzles where the uh, where the washing machines plug in and my friend okay. Shannon who's like one of my best friends I, we've still the best of friends we've been friends for 30 some odd years 32 years on. That's awesome. I was selling her the condo. She turned the thing and the water blew out all over her white blouse. And without missing the beat, I turned to the broker and I go, listen, and I was, I was her agent. I turned to the broker and his agent. I go, listen, if that doesn't get five grand off this thing, I don't know what's going to get. Five grand off. <laughs> and he started laughing and that was, and he was like, oh my God. And I, I just kept going. And he's like, man, you're funny. He goes, you're just as funny as Dario. And I was like, who's Dario? And he's like, well, he has a condo here. He's a, he's a professional comedian. And I was like, what? You know? And uh, they're like, but he's got a name. We don't know what his stage name or what it turns out it's my, it was my buddy Dario who's now one of my best friends. Um, He wasn't a professional comedian. He was a guy, he would freely admit this. He was a guy who did comedy at like open mics and a Mm -hmm. show here or there in the city and stuff. But you know, To me, that was larger than life at this time. You know what I mean? it was
0: more than what you were doing, and he was out there, right? Thousand percent,
1: thousand percent, and and so I when I I realized someone told me he went to the gym, and they but they said his stage name. He used to to have a stage name. I I made him drop his. He used to have. He was called (laughs) Mulgreen. He was obsessed with the mob, so he was like I was a (laughs) Mulgreen. from the Godfather. I was the Godfather.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it.
1: So, so they're like, you're 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 this guy goes, man. He, he had these sandals on. I was like, okay, Jesus, you know, why don't you give me more advice to work my delts, you know? Hey, I, and I was like, you know, doing a whole thing. And he's, everyone's laughing in the lobby and he's like, bro, I think you might be funnier than Dario there. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, Mo green. And I was like, what, the guy, the comedian, like, yeah. And I was like, he goes here. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to talk to him. Like, well, he's coming yeah. down the hallway right now. So he comes in and the guy goes, Dario, this guy's funnier than you. And Dar gets mad. He goes, "Oh, you all oh, you think you're funnier than me?" And I was like, "I didn't say it. Fucking Jesus with the sandals said it. I didn't say it." <laughs> so he he said, "Well, if you think you're funnier than me, how about we do a show? I'll bring you up on stage. See how funny you are on stage. You can follow me next Tuesday. I have a show." I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that following you should have scared the hell out of me, or you know. But I was yeah. just like, "Yeah."
0: Not, sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? Totally. Like- <laughs>
1: and I, I was like, let's do it. And he was like, really, you're going to do it. And I was like, yeah, he's like, all right. He's like, we're going to do it. So he got half the gym to come out or whatever. And, uh, we jumped in his car. We went out there. It was probably like 40 people. It was this little open mic in Worcester at the worst place in Worcester is a place called three G sports bar. <laughs> um, it was in the Kelly square in the ghetto people used to overdose on heroin while you're on stage and shit. And that wow. was where I first went up and, uh, you know, he went up, he did well. And then, uh, I went up, I had like four or five beers. I just bullshitted that made tell stuff that made my friends laugh on the golf course. And, uh, and then the next thing I knew the the guy running the mic, uh, is a very funny comedian and he's, uh, uh, Orlando Baxter. He's a uh, he tour. Oh, yeah. Joe, Joe Coy and everything. Orlando came up to me and he goes, Hey, is this really your first time doing comedy? I go, yeah, this is really, I mean, my first official time doing comedy. And he's like, you, you stay with this. You could do this as a career. And I, that's all I needed to hear. I was like, "Wait, mm, people will nice. pay me for that shit?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, that's all." I, need. I was like, "Dude, I'll do whatever you ask me to do." And he was like, "All right, I'm gonna help you." And he helped me right along. Um, oh, that's, that's he still helps me. He still helps yeah. me. He's, he's still a mentor to me in a lot of ways. Now we're we're more peers. Like we'll call each other and bounce stuff off each other for advice and stuff. But there are mm-hmm. still plenty of times I can call him, and 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 he can enlighten me to stuff he's he's like uh like a mentor you know yeah and um that was it man that's wild
0: i mean you know and especially because for me i love talking to people Mm one-on-one but then when you get me into a group and all of a sudden the sweat that drips down my back is immense you know what i mean so it's, it's crazy that it's just like but there are people that obviously like yourself where no worries whatsoever like it's just it's
1: doesn't phase me. I've, I've done, you know, 6,000 people, you know, I've done the Mullet yeah. center. I've done, you know, 3,000, I've done 1500. I've done five. I've done, you know, it, yeah. it, it, after a while it doesn't, it, it used to give me nerves. Now it, it doesn't, it's very, a very rare scenario where I'll have any type of nerve before I go on stage. It's just, yeah. it's it becomes, which kind of sucks to be honest, because <laughs> You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like a football play. Yeah, we went to school, sometimes. It, like,
0: so Yeah. Like sometimes it gets you hyped yeah. up a little bit.
1: Have you had, I know you were good friends with Mike Flynn, right? I didn't really know yeah. Mike that well, but, um, have you had him on here yet? He's another No,
0: guy he's no, no. Him. I haven't really talked to Mike, um, uh, since high school.
1: He'd be another guy to talk to, right? That guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for those who don't know, Mike ended up, uh, he has a couple Super Bowl rings I think with the Ravens or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously made millions of dollars, but if you asked Mike Flynn, like, Hey buddy, um, does anything get you fired up anymore? The way walking into like you know a sold-out stadium with people cheering sure. your name got you? You'd be like, Nah, man, It just nah. And even after doing that for a few times, I think that adrenaline probably wears off. You're like, everyone's screaming around you, and you're just like wrapping your hands, like, Oh god, yeah, I gotta put the new cleats. It just becomes old hat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, totally. So, so, and there are still shows once in a blue moon. Where I'll get fired up for him or whatever, but it doesn't happen much anymore. It's it's uh it's a job now, you know. It's like yeah. a legit job, but I used, so so I I slaved away doing open mics and all that shit and clawed out of that and uh, started working in I I was fairly fa- I was I worked in my first comedy like six months into comedy, which is unheard of. But hmm. um, and then I just kind of. I was just, you know, chipping my way up, you know, bigger show, bigger show, bigger show, you know, Hey, here's 20 bucks kid. Here's 50 bucks. You know, Mm -hmm. just chip, chipping your way up. And, uh, and I was working a day job the entire time, you know, and a lot of people didn't realize I worked a day job for a long time, you know, it wasn't until not recently, but like in the last four years or so or whatever it was five years, four years, something like that, that I didn't have, you know, I was able to make a It's not a great living, but I was able to make enough, you know,
0: to be able to support doing right. that full time and not have to rely on it right time.
1: but what yeah. a lot of people don't realize is you you lose money before you even break even then you break even then you get to a point where it's like it's like a little part-time job and then you get to a point yeah. where you're like it's a pretty good part-time job and, hey yeah i just paid for this for uh, with that you know you start yeah and then you then you get to a point where it's like ah shit like i got to fly here i gotta fly there and i can't
0: well and that's a big thing right like that's a that's a big jump to make regardless of the industry to say to yourself that i am now going to rely solely on myself and 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 go out there and do this on your own regardless of 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 what you're doing but especially comedy right i mean that's a it's a it's a grind
1: it's a leap of faith it's a grind it's all those things and you 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 know Mm -hmm. For anyone that's looking to follow purpose, I always told people uh, the way I approached comedy was I always had a a short term, a midterm and a long term goal, you know. And, uh, you know, my short term is short as as I'm going on stage that night and I want to work on a new joke or I want to tell a joke that I used to tell a different way or I want to I want to work on crowd work. I don't want to work on crowd like I had all these things that I would, um, you know, set for a goal every time I went out every show thousands of shows and if you if you accomplish those ones then your midterm ones start coming and then your long terms and one of my longer term ones that was between mid and long term was i was like i want to get on a plane to do comedy and then once you're flying you know 20 weekends a year 30 weekends a year you're just like do i have to get on another goddamn plane
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's a but you know but that's a that's a like that's a great point because i think that a lot of people sometimes will know all of the work that it takes, but, you know, aren't planning those goals, aren't seeing not only short-term, but long-term goals. Like, you know, why are you doing what you're doing today? And how is that going to benefit you in the future? And if you don't have those things, those long-term, that long-term vision with this short-term execution, then, you know, you can't make those things happen for yourself. But also that the power that comes from, making those things happen for yourself sure telling sure. yourself that you want to do comedy and, and, and have to take a plane in order to get there and then once that happens only because you made that happen I mean there's such a sense of accomplishment when that happens correct
1: yeah I mean it's a sense of accomplishment and it comes in weird waves and weird moments and then you have to remember to stay grateful for those things like I say yeah you know after flying so much I remember one time I was I was going through Logan I was like doing a show in Canada I knew I had like I got up at like two 30 in the morning to trudge to Logan, you know, by the time I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like six in the morning, I'm walking into Logan to take my flight. And I remember I'm, I'm, I'm in a shitty mood. Cause I know I have to, I know I have a 16 hour travel day and I got to do an hour on stage that night, you know, Yeah. in Edmonton, Canada, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, I'm, I remember stopping and making myself stop coming over the sky bridge at Logan and just take a breath and be like, this is what you wanted. like mm-hmm. you should be grateful for yeah. what you what you wanted and then it changed my whole perception like the whole weekend was better because of that.
0: you know you know when but, I found when I found gratitude in doing things, uh, everything changed for me and that's part of a daily practice that I have. it's part of a daily practice that I give to, to everyone that I coach, because, yep. you know, it's hard to be in this negative place and get petty about some of these things that we have to do when you're not being grateful, right. right. When you take these things for granted.
1: Um, right. And, 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 and also to, you, to your point, well, you know, when you hit these goals, it's satisfying. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, if you, mm. you sometimes, so sometimes I wouldn't let myself be satisfied because I knew that, you know, uh, uh, comfort was the, it was the enemy of creativity. You know, oh, sure. I, I still am like that. I can, I can walk off stage. Anyone who knows me, like comedians that know me, I'll walk off stage and it'll, it'll have gone well, as far as the crowd was going or the other comics, And I'll be pissed at my, like angry at myself. Cause I know mm-hmm. I didn't do what, what I should have done. My goal was there. I made a bad choice. I shouldn't have told that joke. I did this. I, I still do that to myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've gotten a lot better with it now because of COVID and everything. Now yeah. I'm so grateful yeah. to be on stage it slowed me down enough that I'm, I'm probably better on stage right now than I've ever been, you know, That's true. Um, which, which is good, you know, creatively, I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. Um, but those moments that happen, some of them are like amazing. Like I've had some great ones, you know, like I, I used to, so when I was like 24, 25, I, I was working for Coca-Cola, which okay. uh, I would freely say was probably the, the, shittiest job i ever had um i hate saying it because my family some of them worked for there and they were happy but it was a it was a it was a meaningless job it was literally a job where you were like spinning soda bottles and putting you it just, know, like,
0: it didn't add any value to your to to what you were. yeah, yeah
1: no it was a it was a living i didn't I, and I didn't have like a kid or family to worry about at that time so it was like i, I was just doing it for whatever i was doing for money and i'd maybe yeah. someday i could move up and make more and and uh I used to love Howard Stern. I would listen to Howard every morning, you know? Uh, and I remember I would drive down the, the Berlin Turnpike in Connecticut and, and, and Newington. And my first stop was Cumberland Farms on Newington and Newington on the Berlin Turnpike. And on Monday morning, I knew he would always have Artie and the comedians talking about their weekend. Yeah. So I would run into the store and I would do the order and I would take all this and talk to the manager and, and then and, you know... I'd be like, I got to talk to my driver, you know, and I I would, I would leave, I call my driver for like two seconds. I'd be like, yeah, everything's squared up. And then I would sit in the car and I would sit there for a good 45 minutes to an hour at six in the morning. And I would listen until they broke, you know, until they went to their first break and then I would run to my next stop and I would do it all over again. (laughs) I And, 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 it was funny, you know, years later. So all the guys on there, Florentine, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Nick uh, DiPaolo, uh, Artie, all those guys. Like years later, like uh, I find myself working with them. And like, y- y- you know, it's Pretty like surreal a surreal moment. Yeah, surreal. I mean, I had one the first time I worked with DiPaolo. I walked into Green was like, what are you smiling at? And I was like, what? He just like started going at. And I was like, look, dude. And I told him the whole story, and I was like, "So forgive me if I'm a little happy. I'm friggin' working with you." And he was like, "Ah, you made me feel bad." He's like, "Ah, I like it, you know." Um, but yeah, you you know stuff like that, and then and then you know, you know now it's funny now being away from it. You know the the, the girl I tour with, uh, who I literally she calls me brother. I, she's like my sister, Jesse uh, Jesse yeah. Peluso. Um Now the stuff that I'm great that I miss and that I'm really going to be grateful to have back is less to do with the stage and the, or, or, uh, you know, money when that comes back to the business or all that, it's really going to be to spend time with the people with other comics. And, and like with her, her and I on the road together, we haven't seen get, each other you know for a i year. remember
0: what i remember some of the stuff that you guys have posted it, i mean it's some funny stuff like yeah, we, I mean, we, just some of the behind the scenes things that you guys do while you're not on stage is, is hilarious
1: we have the best of times you know like when we're on the road there's a video that uh, kind of went viral but we rented those stuffed animal scooters yeah. we, <laughs> that we got we got drunk on them i hit a baby i ran over a baby with mine oh, it's like, hilarious um, the baby's fine, but yeah. uh, and uh, a Canadian baby, so free healthcare, and uh, and then uh, we broke into the comedy club on our little scooters. Our our dear friends Tammy and Rick owned the comedy club, so like we knew that they they wouldn't care. We we snuck in under the ticket booth on the thing, <laughs> and, and we went in and we uh, we stole beers out of the cooler. We're yeah. just drinking beers, cruising around the mall, drunk on our little scooter. We had like and there's a million of those type of things, you know, like yeah. that we yeah. do. And to not, like, to not, we were just talking about, like, we FaceTime a lot, and we're like, dude, we haven't seen each other in over a year. It's just not the same,
0: and it's, well, it's, you know, well, you know, listen, I I think that certainly FaceTime helped bring people together in in lots of different ways, and certainly Zoom calls and get creative with with all of that, Um, you know, just the human connection that, that people have been deprived from, you know, the past, you know, the past year is intense. It's, uh, yes. To everybody.
1: It's, it's uh, you know, listen, it's broken a lot of friends of mine. I've lost a lot of friends. I, you know, in fair to full disclosure, I, I told you about the one this morning, you know, and, and uh, you know, I got to a point with the COVID stuff where, um, you know, I believe it. I know it's real. Um, I'm hoping everyone's getting vaccinated. I, I, as soon as I get the opportunity to, I will. Yeah. Um I, I also think that the the damage to the national psyche and to the mental health of everybody has been really compounded. Like it's really in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I really haven't. And the one thing that bothers me is when they're putting out these like COVID relief bills, I never hear anything about them putting money in for psychiatric like mental health and, and, mental health. and yeah. just
0: any of that because and in, in, I, I was just talking to you know um a woman i'm going to be releasing her podcast tomorrow where you know she's a um she's in the pharmacy uh she's a uh, she's a tenured professor uh at uconn okay. and you know um just the impact on teaching you know having kids at home teaching them you know and having all of a sudden all of these worlds kind of collide and how do you do all of it um you know she didn't she didn't break down during our conversation but you know we talked about the many breakdowns that have and the tears that have been shed over the past years is is intense and uh and it's real and and you know when I first started journaling part of it was for my own mental health Um, right you know because I'm a very sensitive individual I'm empathetic I I feel feelings uh, you know that people have yeah and yeah and some of what comes with that are kind of high highs low lows right like you know when we get into these different places and so journaling helped me kind of get out of that space but if we don't have any productive things that we give ourselves um you know then all of a sudden all of these compounding things that have happened over 2020 even if we even if we have good ways like i mean she was an avid fitness you know individual and even then she found herself not doing the things that she normally would have yep
1: well i mean for me i i i used i was already working out and trying to get back in shape you know uh I was probably, I mean, for people at home, I, right now. I'm and
0: you awesome. look great, by thanks, the way. Thanks, like buddy. You, I, exactly. I, I, I know you've had a a journey and look yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I,
1: I, I dropped like, a, I dropped like probably from my heaviest to like when I was my lightest, which is like the end of last summer. I probably dropped like close to a hundred pounds. Like, yeah, it's like it was like eighty something since I was keeping track, but I know I yeah. was even heavier than that. But, but, um, good for you yeah thanks man i put I put a little back on i got i'm not gonna lie the last two months so now i, I just yeah, walked but it, uh, it is what it is i i walked like five and a half miles today, but i I, yeah. I know that i know that um until i can get where i can work out without a mask on and i can go to a gym and feel safe i'm mm-hmm. like i just as soon as the weather gets warm i gotta get back out there and start walking so that's what i'm doing you know i'll start hiking and walking and jogging
0: and all that and you've been doing a lot of fun stuff with food right like i mean i saw some of that yes uh, you know finding some some different creative ways to write to occupy some time so that you don't do any or get into any more maybe bad habits right yeah so my
1: my covid journey as i like to say started (laughs) with um i i was doing to, to have some semblance of normalcy i was doing a lot of these things not not zooms but i was doing like um I did some shows on Zoom, but I was doing a lot of lives on Facebook or lives on Instagram. So yeah. when I would when I would walk, I would take my phone with me, and I would take everyone for a walk with me, and I would just talk about the news in the day or whatever, and I would do a hike through the woods. And I didn't think anything of it when I was doing it, but when I stopped doing it, people were like, "Are you going to walk today?" Like they when, would were
0: you, are you... <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, "Are you going to walk?" <laughs> So and then I felt like obligated to walk, you know, like I was was like I was leaving them in their house or something. I was like, you know, you can walk too. like you can like one of my friends that was saying like lives closer to where I walked than I did. And I was like, you could walk, you know, like you don't need me to do it, you know. But um, then it became like a pressure thing where I was like, I wasn't doing it. I was getting so then I was like, well, I don't the natural part of me is like, I don't want to do it. If I feel like I have to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. That was an obligation.
1: Yeah. And then I would do these lives at night. I had a thing on Instagram called the, uh, the, uh, the Instagram dive bar and I would come on at night and I would sit here and I would drink some beers and I would have everyone on. I would put whoever came in on, I still do it once in a blue moon. And I, 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 there was not a lot, but maybe like 60 people was the average listener, but those 60 were super engaged to it. They loved it. And, uh, but then one of them got mad because I said something that bothered her or whatever. And after that, I just ruined it for me. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm doing this for free. Like I don't need the aggravation. So I, I just, I'm,
0: I'm just trying so to entertain.
1: I, yeah. So then I stopped doing everything. So I just turned into like a hermit, you know, and all <laughs> I was doing was drinking by myself over here, you know, talking, talking to myself and the, and the thing, you know, and, um, and then I, I I got to a point where to your point about cooking, I was like, I need to I need to keep myself busy, you know? Hmm. So I was like, I'm gonna figure out how to cook. You know, I've always wanted to learn how to cook, so I'm gonna figure out how to cook. So that was a good four or five months trying to teach myself. I still do it and I still try to teach myself new meals and new ways to cook and get better at my techniques are all shit i'm sure but but i can cook now so I, it's you know,
0: fun right like you you know and, and and that just goes to show like you know you can you can do things with the time that you have yeah, Like yes. or you could have just sat on the couch and watched movies for
1: well, days I on end which i'm sure
0: I, you know it was a part of what everyone yeah. has done during COVID, right like yes yeah. you know we've all watched more tv than we wanted to but
1: for a guy in the entertainment business, you would think I watch way more TV and movies than I do. I, I've, If I told you all the movies I've never seen, you would be like, you're not a real person. You're not like, mm-hmm. I've never seen the Godfather movies. I've never seen, I think I saw maybe half of one Star Wars movie. Um, I've never seen Breaking Bad. I've never seen Sons of Anarchy, Walking Dead, all those shows lost. Yeah. All those shows everyone talks about, Game of Thrones, never seen them yeah um so i
0: don't watch many of what you just mentioned either though yeah that's, that's actually
1: pretty- right so so <laughs> like so i stopped i stopped i it wasn't so much that you know i would be on the couch sometimes sometimes i had a bout of depression where i was on the couch for three four or five days you know but yeah yeah um so i was like this isn't healthy i got to do something so i, I started teaching so i taught myself how to cook I, I posted that stuff on my instagram you know uh, which is which one of my friends was kind enough to say uh jimmy schubert who's uh uh uh, legendary comic uh, world-class comic he goes yeah put up some comedy shit i go to your page i'm like is this guy a chef does he rescue dogs what, what's this guy doing he thinks he's a male model where's your comedy pictures and i was like there's not any fucking comedy for me to put up jimmy sorry yeah but uh but so i i so i, I did that and then um i haven't announced i've announced one thing but i haven't announced the other uh, so then i my buddy and i my buddy joe garrix was like hey do you want to do a podcast Hmm. so we came up with an idea for a podcast so that's what we've been doing we just announced it last week it comes out this monday coming up um
0: oh awesome that's yeah yeah this is good timing because i didn't even know that yeah that's that was that's that's great
1: yeah so it's it's called uh it's it's called good advice for bad ideas so this interesting concept we take people who've uh done some bad ideas and we get their advice from them. so like (laughs) Our first episode, I think is a is a a girl who is like a um she's a comic, but she's like kind of like a i guess a sex worker I guess you could talk about okay. it so so we have a conversation with her uh a guy who's a buddy of mine who who I met after a show who was just like a, a fan but he's now a friend he um he robbed banks uh and he was a member of whitey bulger's kind of like the winter hill he grew no, up on yeah. winter hill wow so so we had him on um we have my friend Mary Joe who decided to climb Mount Everest on a whim uh, and Holy cow. that didn't really work out well so like, we, uh, we uh, uh, I, I mean I bought my buddy who my buddy Mike who's a comic is really funny he he talked about scamming his way he scammed his way onto the court to raise Reggie Lewis's banner he scammed his way onto a movie set and into a movie he wasn't even hired he was in a movie. <laughs> like we have these like crazy people on telling these like crazy things and uh, but that's taken so that's been a creative outlet which is good and yeah. then I wasn't doing anything in the business world back in the day. The last thing I did in business was I was uh, doing digital consulting for businesses, SEO, SEM, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll say it here. Cause I don't know when this comes out, but it'll probably be public knowledge by then. But uh, it'll I- probably be a, a couple of weeks. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, it'll be out by then. So um, my, my buddy, Mike Barrasso, who used to own the Hippodrome, uh, I helped him with some stuff for one of his other businesses. And he was like, you you could make this a business, and I was like, I don't want to get in business, you know. I was like, I'm out, I'm just doing comedy, you know. Yeah, but then the pandemic hit, and he's like, You want to just start a business? Like, uh, we'll own it, like, it's you don't have to work for anyone, you just. And I was like, I mean, I'd be a real lazy piece of shit if I'm like, No, I don't, yeah, sorry, I, I've got you I know, think I, I'm good, <laughs> yeah. I was like, All right, let's talk. We had lunch, we went to Nathan Bill's uh yeah. bar, not the park, we had lunch, and uh. And so now uh, we're partners in a, in a new company called uh, SEO uh, to go. It's, we have an app for businesses. We have, it's the, the main company is called on the go uh, digital Mm -hmm. news. So, so we, we've launched this company. This company is now, uh, we have developers working for us. We have customer service in the UK. Like where it's going to be like an international company. Yeah. So, so now I'm like, once we launch that, I'll be busy, obviously, but I'm like, what's my next thing I'm going to do for creative outlet. You know? Sure. Yeah. And now, fortunately, comedy's slowly coming back around. The money's not really there because of reduced capacities and everything else. Mm-hmm. You're, you're back to the bottom of the barrel of just like oh, chicken. This is what things. we
0: can do. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you got a hotel, you know, uh, but but um, that'll be part of the creative outlet. I'll have that. And, uh, you know, I'm toying around with some other ideas. But I one thing I learned during this thing for everyone, like you say, is live your life with purpose. The, the hardest thing of this pandemic has been it's taken away all of our purpose. Like we don't. That's it. So, so you got to, you got to redefine or, or find that purpose some way, you know? Yeah.
0: And, and it's weird. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it, it can come and go, you know? After, yeah. after taking care of my mom, I really looked back and I was just like, I don't know if I really ever had any passions that I was really kind of excited about and followed and then it was just like okay well if I don't have any passions for myself right now and I'm starting fresh what do I want to do like what is going to get me excited and so I I call them shower thoughts right like ideas that you have in the shower and you just don't really do anything with them because you never write them down and then you get busy and you forget all about the things that you know gave you some excitement but when you start writing those down and figuring out how they fit in your life all of a sudden you know, you take yourself in the direction that you want to go. And uh, it's nice that you've been able to do that for yourself because it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's not an easy thing to, to get to.
1: No. And, 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 you know, I will say this to anyone who is listening uh, much like you, you know, I think we probably have a similar experience where, our generation was there was never about happiness it was like get a good career get your job you and know, just work hard uh, right work you hard
0: know, work 60 hours a week work right. 70 and then you'll just be rewarded with all of it right
1: you you get you your you go. get your golden handshake or whatever you know and it, it, it was all bullshit right When you look at it now but that's what that's what our parents knew and that's what the generation knew no one cared mm-hmm. about anything bigger than like well, how much money are you making? And what are you doing? Or whatever, right? Are you so, happy?
0: Like you right. know, right? No, no one, cares. <laughs> right.
1: And and no one asks that. He's like, what, what, what kind of lo- what kind of what are you? Oh, you gotta be happy. Ah, yeah. I was real happy, you know, going to the job site, Marty, every day. You know, it's like yeah. that was the attitude, you know. It's, and yeah. And um, <clears throat> anyone who's sitting there, I have a lot of friends too that are like. Bartenders and servers and stuff like that, and they're and they're going through their twenties, and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. They have this like nagging thing, like I don't know what I. And I just try to tell them, like, you might not know what you want to do, or you might know what you want to do. You might, I I said, take some time, think of the craziest thought that you think, Mm -hmm. and then go try it, figure it out, try take one way or another, find a way to 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 pursue it, even if it's the most minuscule way, try something. You know, Mm -hmm. if 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 you're like I want to be an actor, well. You know what? Go to Boston Casting and put your headshot in, and tell them you like to do an extra job on something or what, like whatever. It doesn't even have to be art or entertainment yeah. related, you know? Uh, um, you know. But everyone, you
0: know, and I think that a lot of people look, and it's like these opportunities are supposed to come to me. And I think that that's right. where a, a lot of that stuff falls, is because it's if this is really what you want, then you've got to figure out how you're going to make your moves yep. and how you're going to continue to progress and then other people are there to help. Sure. But you know, you still have to know what you want. You still have to figure out that piece. And so it is. It's just a matter of self-discovery. And it's like we're not very good at things when we first try them. But after you do this, you know, I mean, once I started the podcast, I was thinking about this for probably a year, year and a half but I had this reluctancy because I didn't know what I needed in order to do a podcast. I didn't know like how all of this was going to go.
1: How do you start? That's the big, that's the same thing with comedy. How do you start? I didn't even,
0: I didn't even know my buddy was, I said, I asked my buddy, I was like, so where do I go to get a podcast? Like I didn't even know the basics of like, where do people go in order to find this thing, you know? And, uh, but then once I did my first one that took me a year and a half to do, I was ready to do my 10th one. I yeah. was, it was just this, it, I, all of the fire that inside, it was just yeah. like, yes, this was exactly what I was intending it for, to be. Yeah.
1: And, 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 you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I guess I try to tell people, you know, everyone's like, where do I even start? That's like one of the common things I always hear from people. Like where, where would I even start? So when someone tells me they wanted to try comedy, I immediately say, if you want to try comedy, you're dead serious about it. Here's my number. Call me up. I'll get you on stage somewhere or I'll get you an open mic. I'll, I'll figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I always tell people, you might like it. You might want to do it as a hobby. You might hate it. Try it three times and then see how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. But But what I always emphasize to people who are like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Oh, start my own business. How would I even do that? You know what? Here's how you do it take a baby step take one step towards whatever it it is you think
0: and that first step is so difficult for people it's one of the most it's the hardest thing to do but that second step is so easy you know it's it's,
1: because your mind your mind tells you all the reasons you can't or shouldn't you know i still suffer with that creatively you know i'm like of course i should have an album out like there's no doubt i should have an album out now right but every time i would come to it i would be like and then I got to have a recording and I got to do, how do I, and then I got to do, Oh my God. And now when this, you overwhelm over,
0: yourself with all of these things and yep. it's like, okay, well, I could just break it down pretty easy and do this one thing.
1: Right. Like, you like, just, you just, just take one step towards it and then just don't, don't turn around just don't turn around just keep taking a step every day towards whatever your goal is if you look if you want to have a business where you build tree houses and you're like i don't even know how i would start that freaking business well you know what <laughs> probably the, the first step might be call the local building inspector and tell him what your idea is and then ask him what he thinks that would yeah. be your first step
0: first you one the, yeah build your own and then yeah. say hey you guys like this anybody want one
1: <laughs> yeah my, my, my one of my buddies, she's a good my good friend Mary Jo, the one that, that did Mount Everest. She she had a point where so she's out of work. She was you know struggling for money, and she's like I don't even know what to do. I said look, you can look at this as a negative or you can look at it as a positive. This is an opportunity. She's like what do you mean? I said well, do you ever think about getting into business for yourself? Well, what could I possibly do? Well, listen, Mary Jo, every day when you used to work at the comedy club, I worked at, you would bring in she would bring in all these crazy meals. She traveled the world. So she'd be like, oh, this is made with real Egyptian hibiscus. I smuggled it out in my backpack, you know, like all this crazy. But one of the things she made that was so good was her own peanut butter. And I was like, it was like her own peanut butter. And it was amazing. And I was like, what about making peanut butter? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what about making peanut butter? She goes, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I go, okay, well, I'm going to come by. I'll pick you up. Uh, We're going to go to Ocean State Job Lot. We're going to buy a couple cases of empty jars, and then we're going to see what they have for peanuts on sale, and we're going to buy those. And then we're going to sit in your kitchen, and you're going to a show me how to make this peanut butter, and b give me a couple jars for free, and then c I'm going to help you start this thing. And yeah, she ended up she ended up she still she doesn't do as much now because she's making a lot of money, but um, you know she's selling ten dollars ten dollar jar custom peanut butter that she makes, and just with the clientele she had, she was like, geez you know, every time she wanted to sell 30 or 40 jars, it was like, it was like that to, to do yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, give you like a negative and turn it into a positive and just by taking one step, just one little step, you know,
0: you know, and I always tell people like, it's not that we don't want to do things. It's just that we get, we get kind of caught up in, sure. you know, we're busy. We're all of this. And it's always just, you know, it's, it's consistently just thinking about you know, <clears throat> defining the questions, right? Like, who do I want to be? What do I want? And just making sure that as you're, as you're doing all of these activities, this is leading you to those, those those thoughts, those ideas that you want to be for yourself. Even if you yep. just say, who do I want to be as a role model? You, you know, if you've got children, it's like, do what do I want them to see?
1: So that, that was the thing I always struggled with my daughter, you know, uh, in pursuing comedy, I was like, listen, you know, I've I always made good money in business, you know, so I we we're always, you know, we we're rich, but we we're always comfortable enough that we yeah. we're like, OK, you know, and I knew I knew things were going to be real tight and they still are. I mean, clear, clearly this the last year and a half, but I knew things would be real tight pursuing comedy. But also I had to ask myself, so is, am I being an irresponsible parent? And then it just dawned on me one day and I was like, no, the irresponsible thing is to show my daughter that I have a life dream. And I'm too much of a, of, a, of a scaredy cat to try at to it. Pursue to it. try, to pursue it, right. And, and to show her that, you know, if you work hard, you can accomplish whatever you put your mind to, you know. And, and uh, that was the life lesson I wanted her to take from it. And she's, you know, and the other thing is the opposite of what my parents had said, which was, I don't want to be like, you got to get a good job. You got to, I want her to be happy over all else. However, course, you got to be yeah. happy, you know. Yeah yeah so she's had her career goals in mind since the time she was eight or nine years old, and I fully support them and if if she turns That's around true. and decides she doesn't want to do that, what am I going to say? You know what then you can do whatever you want. To do. you're only here one time around in this stupid rock. So you might as well do what you want and, tr- and try your best, you know? And that,
0: yeah, and that was really my life thing was just the, uh, you know, it's, uh, life is short. And uh, I decided that I was no longer going to waste uh, any of it for yep. myself. And, and, and
1: uh, at, you're an empath, like you said, and as an empathic person myself too, I think one of the things that you found that I found was the, one of the greatest joys that I get is the same thing you get, which is making people happy or giving yeah. them some sort of happiness in their life or something to yeah. look forward. to. We have different
0: outlets to do that, sure. but mm-hmm. you make people happy one way, and I make them happy another way, and yep. and uh, and at the end, you know, that's what that's what that's what drives
1: the reward is there. It doesn't happen in comedy. It doesn't happen as much as I wish it did, uh, but um, the probably the most thing and i think almost any comedian that that you talk to will tell you this um you could do a crazy show and get paid a lot of money and just be like wow i got i got that money just for some shit that i thought of in my head pardon my mm-hmm. worse so, but yeah, you you could, you, you can think like oh I, I i thought of that in my head and now i just i just oh i can buy this with that stupid thought that i had in my head um yeah that's great and a new bit work and that's rewarding whatever uh a big show signing autographs, taking pictures, meeting famous people, hanging out, becoming friends with famous people. All that stuff's cool. It's all cool benchmarks along the way. There's some surreal moments in my career that were super fun like that. Um, But nothing, nothing beats the satisfaction of every once in a blue moon, someone will come up after a show and they'll say, hey, I just wanted to say thank you. They're not like, you killed, you did. Hey, I just want to say thank you. Oh, no, thank you for coming out. No, thank you. uh, You know, my, I'm, I lost my brother four months ago, mm-hmm. and I haven't laughed in four months. You know, like that, and that stuff. <laughs> when it happens, it hits you. <clears throat> you, you go home like, I'm really doing something. You know, like I'm really yeah. doing something. You know, yeah. and that that gives you enough of a push. Well, because
0: laughing is a, is it's such a is such a great release. It's such a great outlet. Like we're all stressed, and we need outlets to relieve that stress. And laughing is laughing is one of them, man. It really yeah. is.
1: I mean, I don't buy the whole it's the best medicine because I'm like pretty sure you know, like if you have cancer, chemo's probably up there. But uh, but it is uh, it is definitely good for the soul. It's good for the people that um, that need it. It's good mm-hmm. for your blood pressure. It's good. It's, it's scientifically good for you to laugh and to have, you know, yeah. a decent time.
0: Um, and, and, and people haven't been able to do that. So I'm, uh, I'm certainly yeah. excited for, for that too. Now, how is that, uh, you know, I know we're, 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 kind of going on time. And so yeah, yeah. before we start to wrap up, I just want to say, you know, how is was, how was 2021 looking for that? Um, you know, and where do you see, especially with starting, you know, a new business, how do you see yeah. this? kind of playing a part for the future for you
1: so the podcast is pretty interesting because uh basically the way that's we record a lot on saturday mornings right yeah. which by the way if you have anybody that's listening to this that had a really bad idea um and they want to come on just tell them to reach out to me uh, but awesome. uh but basically um the podcast we record like on saturday or sunday mornings not mornings but like afternoons early afternoons um 'Cause I'm not on the road, I'm not traveling or whatever. The business um, is usually, you know, weekday mornings or excuse me, we'll do like a conference call to our, our guys overseas or something like that. Yeah, That'll be yeah. that might be at five at night or whatever. But comedy's coming back now. It's starting yeah. to come back. Like I'm I'm gonna be at um Mohegan Sun. The eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. I'm headlining oh, uh, City Steam, the uh, the old City Steam Brewery in Hartford, on the mm-hmm. I think May 29th. Um, I'm headlining um, comics at Mohegan again this month on the twenty eighth. So I'm there, you know, four times this month. So the shows are starting to come back. The money and all that stuff, it, it, because of reduced capacity, is not going to be great, uh, if, if at all. But the big the big plus on it is. Um, it's starting to turn around. Massachusetts is now going to be able to start having shows opening up. So that's great. Um, So when that happens, basically, you know, it's still going to be a lag before I get on the road, but you know, but it still
0: sounds like you might be able to kind of mix all of this still together. Uh, And I would imagine, especially the businesses probably, you don't have to be tied to a certain location, so even if you're traveling, you can still accommodate. And that's the best thing, one of the great thing about architecting the life that you want is that you get to fit all of the things that are important to you, however they fit, and uh, and that's fantastic.
1: I'll tell you, I mean, uh, one of the one of the greatest joys about comedy. When I started comedy, uh, my parents obviously were not thrilled. You know, sure. they were like, "What? Well, well, you know, whatever." My mother rolled her eyes to it, but was like, "Whatever." Um, She always said to me, "I'm not." I was like, "You don't even tell people I'm a comedian." She's like, "Well, I'm not telling anyone you're a comedian until you're a comedian." And I was like, "She's like to me, you call me up the day that like you're sitting there with Tracy Morgan, and then I'll say you're a comedian." My mother loved Tracy Morgan from his SNL days, and and doesn't love Tracy Morgan. Yeah, so then and we ended up uh, you know working together, and we ended up being friendly. And uh, the first night we meet, we're sitting in the green room and he's just making me laugh and everything and i was just like i just got to get a picture of us which i don't don't always do i gotta do that and can you leave a voice message like or like <laughs> like i did all the stuff you're not supposed to do as a comic but i was like i was like this is important that my mother, mother. he's like oh sure. yeah i'll do that you know like he's just a great guy right um but when my mom got sick you know my mom passed away in november of uh, 2018 but when my mom got sick, it was interesting because my brother—he's a—he's a, he's a sixty-hour-a-week guy. He's a hardworking guy. He's a, a senior engineer at a big company near near here. He kind of mm-hmm. runs a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he works a ton. And you know, my dad—my dad—even back then, even though he still at his faculties, he, he couldn't care for anyone. He did medically or whatever. Sure. So so, it worked out well because I could be with my mom in the hospital every morning from seven in the morning till seven at night. And then my brother would come sometimes that when he got out of work at six or whatever. And then on the weekends, my brother didn't have to work a lot of time. so he could cover on the weekends and I could go do my shows, you know, and, and, and my That's mother, great. yeah, the, my mom, we we're sitting there and I was like, you know, mom, I was like, I gotta be honest. I know you guys didn't like comedy, but pretty good now. Right. Cause I could still work and be here taking care of you, you know? And, uh, she used to say it to my dad, she said it to all her friends, you know, at the funeral, they were coming up to me. Like, by the way, your mother said, thank God for you doing comedy. She really approved that you doing like she, and towards the end, she was like, you know, she went from being like, are ah, you really going to just to like, you can't blow off your shows. Cause I was like, mom, I'm staying this weekend. She's like, call your brother. You can't blow off your shows. I had shows in Washington DC. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, look, just leave. Your brother's going to come. He's going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer you don't drive, so fly. And 2 hours later I was in Washington DC sitting in my suite waiting for my show and I was just like, that's great. I was like, wow, like we came that f- you know, like we came that far mm-hmm. because because we took that chance or because we followed the right thing. Your time you can never get back. You can have all the money in the mm-hmm. world, your time you're never going to get back. So, if you can control your time and you can not answer somebody and not punch a clock and you can figure that out, mm-hmm highly suggested it. it's
0: great Well, right because it, but if you don't understand your priorities then right. how do you know when to say no how do you know right. when to push back on different things and and um, you know and so so yeah and that's it's, and it's, that's
1: the thing it's like what's the, what figure is something worth you know like yeah. like listen I, I i i gotta be honest there was some stuff i missed you know i i used to bum because i would find out about daddy-daughter dances i would always find out like two weeks before and i'd be like yeah, sorry, I'm in, I'm in Tampa that day, you know, I'm in yeah, Georgia yeah. or whatever. So, but I knew that I wanted that experience with my daughter. So the, 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 there were two years that I literally was like, I'm not, I'm not even going to book in February until I get the dates when the daddy daughter dances are. Yeah. And, and so I was able to do it, you know, those, those, those two years that I was able to do it. Would I love to do it more? Yeah. Would I, would I, but the way i looked at it is like if this if this silly career pays off someday and and my daughter can have some comfort provided by it then it then all of it was worth it you know
0: and you're still providing a great Thing that she gets to see because right. you know you're you're still following a passion which is just a great role model to be to sure you know and and and, and there's an understanding it's not like you just didn't want to do it right. you made an effort at some point after realizing that you had missed some and it's like okay well i don't want to do that again and so here's right here's and, what this we're is,
1: going. And, and this yeah. is what i was gonna tell you but my point is you're if you live with that purpose and you follow your dream your passion you're you're gonna make sacrifices You know, your friends aren't going to call you anymore. You're not going to get invited to their shit. And then Mm -hmm. you are going to be home some night where you don't have anything going on. You're like, why didn't they call? Well, yeah, because you couldn't do all those other times. So they forgot about you. And that's that. And it hurts. But it's also what you it's the part of your soul that you sold to do what you love. Right. Yeah. And and I said this and I'll say it again. Like I was talking about my dad, the daddy daughter. This is a good example. If someone came to me and they were like, listen, you know, hey, your daughter's about to graduate from eighth grade. Are you going to are you going to go to the graduation? 100 percent but if someone came to me and said hey uh so and so wants you to do this gig and it pays five hundred thousand dollars and it's an hour and it's whatever you know what i would be like i'm gonna go through the five hundred thousand dollars i'm gonna pay somebody to video it i'll stay on facetime (laughs) and then i'll be like hey hey kid here's your freaking college it's paid for (laughs) you know what i mean like 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 every, there is a, there's a price to your sacrifice. And even if you think there's none, it's always, there's always a weight and you just have to weigh it out on it. Right. Right. And, and, you know, if someone comes to me with some, Oh, this gig's really, I don't care about it, but if it's a life changing gig, yeah. Then, then I, then I, then you you gotta do it. You know, sometimes. Yeah.
0: I mean, there is, there's always a sacrifice to something. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's a choice. So when you're making choices, Right. right. You know, Something. But here's the
1: thing, you know, but people are like, Oh, doesn't it suck because you're not around a lot of the weekends, you're on the road or whatever? Yeah, it does. However, you know, I'm also there, you know, yesterday my daughter forgot her art supplies at home. So I'm there, I'm there to drive them into her school. I'm also mm-hmm. there when she gets home from school. I'm mm-hmm. also there, you know, it's like there's
0: and yeah, and, and so there's trade-offs with everything. Like you right. get to have time when she's home from school and she comes home and maybe you know, have some cookies made, whatever. Like right. you get to have some of these moments that most people don't get. I wouldn't, be,
1: get. Afforded. I wouldn't because, be afforded.
0: Yeah, because most people are at work and, and, and not home at that time. And,
1: and when yeah, I was working at Coca Cola, I was working for some other you know guy, who, you know who who you know these guys who had sold their lives out, you know, and and you're working for them, and and yeah, they're, they're making a good living, better than you are, right? Number one, number two. Um, you're you were working like you were working like a dog, you weren't working 40 hours a week, you were mm-hmm. at 50, 60, 70. Oh, there's a big boss coming in, everyone's gotta go out to the stores. Yeah, oh, you gotta work Saturday. You know, you were missing you, you had to do some of that stuff. So mm-hmm. so you know.
0: So there's option, there's times where you're missing things anyway because exactly. of somebody else's priorities, not even your own. And then that's when things get defeating for people, right? It's, it's like, man, this is it's hard to do.
1: It's the old thing and it always puts pressure on people, but it is a true adage where they're like, if you don't uh, pursue your dreams or work for your dreams to make them happen, you're going to work for somebody else who's making theirs, you know, their dreams happen. Right. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to subcontract out my life to, to somebody else. I, I, I want to live it the best I can on my terms, as much as I can, you know, and and make the mistakes and lord knows i make a ton of them but make those and learn from them and just try to get better and just keep and just keep do whatever it is you love and if you don't know what you love just you'll find it just find the path you know like in your case helping people make them help them to turn their life around helping them to lose weight helping them do whatever whatever it is that you're doing is making a positive difference in the universe which is better than throwing away you know not to not to say anything from anyone who's working a nine to five at a at a company, oh, no. hey, or whatever. To, yeah. right. but <clears throat> if you if you're working a nine to five at a company, but you also have some nagging life dream that you wanted to follow some passion, my advice is you can balance it. I did, and yeah. just and just try and just see what happens. You know, yeah. throw it out there.
0: Just you explore it. Take that first step.
1: No one ever wants to be 82 in a in, in a in a nursing home and think back and be like, man thank God I had all those great days in that cubicle, you know, like, they, you know, like, God forbid I ever make so it to true. a nursing home. I, I will have the best, I will have story time every day. Just telling all people about my life. For yeah.
0: real. I mean, it's going yep. to be the, uh, the most entertained, uh, facility. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so. Excellent. Well, listen, Marty, I think that this is a great place to, uh, to kind of wrap things up for us. I yeah, really, I appreciate all that you do, uh, you know, keep giving that back to people, keep making them laugh. It really, uh, uh, it feels good for the soul. So, so thanks. And here's to, here's to really hoping that 2021 really starts to turn things around and you get back to doing your craft. And,
1: uh, I appreciate um, it, man. I hope so too. And, and, uh, you know, tell your people, uh, come out to a show. If they want to find me on social media, they can uh, find me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, any of that stuff. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, um check out check out our podcast. i'd love you to check that out too i totally i, I feel like you've lived a life full of good good ideas so i, I don't know what kind of ideas
0: <laughs> there might have been but, some bad ones but i don't but, know but yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah you know um yeah just uh just uh awesome. by all means yeah i appreciate it man thank you so much for excellent
0: me yeah i appreciate your time marty i really yep. do and uh, it's really great to connect thanks for-
1: right. thanks scott